as you approach times of economic uncertainty, and I mean, certainly that seems to be the case. I read a statistic the other day, I think 63% of people um, have noticed that their coffee has been getting more expensive. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode four of a five-part series where we are talking about coffee at scale. In this episode, we're going to talk about like the mindset of a business owner where running a business can either be considered a business or it could be an expensive hobby. And a lot of people don't really think about it until they listen to a podcast like this and they're like, actually, I'm not really making any money. So does this really validate being called a business? So Tim, what are your thoughts on something like this? Well, the first thing I think I want to hear you say that is that, you know, making money isn't a bad thing, which, uh, yeah, I love that sounds obvious. Um, but I think especially, especially within coffee for many, like profit is viewed as a bad word. Um, but you know, to have a viable business and to do all of the things that a business owner is setting out to do, um, to employ people and care for them well, to serve your customers well in, in, give them better quality coffee than they had access to previously. Um, it requires money to do these things and to invest in your business. Um, and so I, I think the first thing is, you know, making decisions for your business based on the impacts on revenue is okay. In fact, mm. it's probably what you should do. <laughs> um, and, you know, back to our conversation in one of the previous episodes about, uh, about data, you know, listen to your customers, listen to the market. Um, I think that's kind of the differentiator that I really see uh, the way you phrase it of, of is it a business or is it an expensive hobby? Like, are, are you doing these things because you actually want to serve your community and your customers well, or are you doing things because you think it's cool or it's because, you know, what you personally want? Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the, at the end of the day, that's probably a question that that many folks should ask themselves, you know, before they start a business, why, what are you hoping to accomplish? Why are you doing this in the first place? Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the economy, if that's okay with you. Okay. So when it comes to 2024, 2025, the economy is already starting to run in 2023. It's already on shaky grounds. Um, on a global level and for business owners that are approaching 2024 there needs to be a mindset shift about whether they stay doing what they're doing whether they or whether they adapt or whether they close altogether you being someone who's experienced in a lot of different parts of the industry you have, have been a business owner you have been in the corporate side of things you have evolved over 15 years in the industry What's your advice on the mindset as you ass- as you assess the approaching that uh, and and bringing into that question between a, an expensive hobby versus a viable business? What what are some of the mindset shifts that need to happen around that? Do you think? Yeah, you know, owning a business it is stressful at the end of the day, and I mm-hmm. think you know. That's probably true for all business owners to varying extents. And even when you're running a successful business, 
it's still very stressful and you know a, a hobby shouldn't be you know so if you're opening a business or operating a business um for the sake of having fun uh that's probably not going to be your experience ultimately and i think as people consider the the sorts of questions that that you're referencing there um you know it's just it's really a matter of how much work are you willing to put into it um how much sacrifice are you willing to make and you know if those things sound very unappealing to you um running a small business is going to be tough but i think at the end of the day you know as you approach times of economic uncertainty and i mean certainly that seems to be the case i read a statistic the other day i think 63 percent of people um, have noticed that their coffee has been getting more expensive. Friends, World of Coffee Dubai is back in 2024, and I am proud to announce that the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward will be the official podcast partner for World of Coffee Dubai for the second year in a row. The Roasters Village will be a one-of-a-kind destination for all things coffee. As an exhibitor, introduce your artisanal roasts to an international audience and gain valuable insights sites from their perspective. Visitors, immerse yourself in the celebratory coffee culture experience by sampling exclusive cups poured with passion from cafes worldwide and absorb insights that will elevate your own appreciation of all things coffee. Whether you brew coffee or just love savoring a fine cup, this event gathers the global coffee community under one roof in an amazing city. Join us at World of Coffee Dubai in 2024 at Dubai World Trade Center from the 21st until the 23rd of January. Tickets are available at dubai.worldofcoffee.org or you can contact us on social media for any questions that you might have at mapforward.coffee. Get your tickets now, folks. Come see the podcast being recorded live and we hope to see you in January in Dubai for World of Coffee. Uh, and you can certainly argue that coffee should cost more than it does mm -hmm. uh, across the supply chain. But, you know, at the end of the day, if customers can't afford it or you know, if they're not coming to support your business, uh, you're not going to remain viable um, but I think communication can go a really long way in these things. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen companies try to raise their prices and hope that nobody notices, and then surprise, a bunch of people <laughs> notice. Uh, but I've also seen companies that you know put signs at their point of sale that say, "In 30 days, effective this date, we're going to have a price increase, and this is why because." Our supply chain has become more complicated. We've got to raise wages for our employees to keep up with the rising cost of living. And they make sure that their customers are aware of one, that the change is coming so they can be prepared for it. And two, why they're doing that um, and, and get relatively no complaints. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case for everybody, but I think that, you know, as you prepare to make difficult decisions, um, the more open and candid that you can be about it probably is going to work in your favor. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this, and folks, we're, we're not qualified to answer the next question. I'm just yeah. going to state that up front. Do you think that the next couple of years is going to be definitive in reshaping the landscape of our industry 
based on businesses that are expensive hobbies versus businesses that are viable businesses? Um, I think yes. And I think a lot of it is because it's going to really put people to the test. Are they willing to adapt to where the market's at now? Um, I, I think that, you know, most of my career, I've seen most changes happen fairly gradually. And you kind of look back a few years later and you say, wow, we, we were here and now we're here. Um, but then we have a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this really, I mean, one, that made some changes just happen that might not have happened because of the nature of, of, you know, what people had to do to stay open. Um, but it also accelerated a lot of trends that were already starting to occur. Um, I mean, I think if you look at, um, you know, Starbucks now is 75% of their sales are ice beverages. Um, if you go to cafes and just see the amount of sales that are dairy alternatives now, or the growth of Mm. oat milks, um, a lot of these changes are happening very quickly. Uh, but as things kind of settle in, you know, the economy, obviously there's some ambiguity there, uh, for the next couple of years, but as you know, the world kind of gets a little more back to normal, um, we're, you know, closing, coming close to the end of the first year, like fully out of the pandemic and, and fully out of restrictions in most places. And we can see some of these changes that are sticking around. Um, I, I read a statistic the other day that 47% of consumers that visit, uh, QSR, uh, won't stop for coffee if there's not a drive-through. Um, well, QSR folks is quick service, quick, yes, yeah, (laughs) quick service retail. Um, and, and so, you know, I think some things like drive-throughs, uh, automation, there, there are things that happens as a result of. COVID that, that people had to do, make decisions to adapt, but now we're seeing what is actually remaining, what's going to stick around post COVID, Mm. um, new expectations, uh, in the market. And, uh, you know, some people are going to have to adapt to that. And I think that those that don't, um, you know, that they might get put in a tough situation. And it, it's going to force the hand of a lot of businesses, I suspect, because yeah. inflation is, I mean, we're not done with inflation by all indicators. We're not done with interest rate hikes by all indicators where, you know, a lot of the countries around the world are in a debt crisis. This is going to have ongoing ramifications to taxes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How does, how does somebody approach from a mindset perspective, making decisions like that, do you think you've, you've been a business owner? Ha- yeah, I think it's to- everything. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, please. I think it's everything we've talked about in, in, in these episodes. It's, it's utilizing data. It's listening to your customers. If you've been running your business as an expensive hobby, um, you know, this is probably the time to adjust that. And, and it's possible to make those adjustments. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, uh, when I first got into operating my own cafe, um, I was probably closer to the expensive hobby side of things. Word, me too. Uh, and then the realities of running a business settled in uh, or became evident over time. Uh, and I had to make a lot of adjustments to my own perspective. And then now, um, you know, whether consulting or just talking to friends, um, you know, sometimes people think that I'm being overly critical or, or negative of, of these grand ideas that they have um, 
where people will tell me things like, well, you just don't understand specialty coffee anymore. Um, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not that old in the coffee guy, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I, I try to communicate that, no, I'm trying to prevent you from making many of the same mistakes, um, that I did. You'd be uh, because, well qualified to turn around at that point and say, do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I give you permission, sir. <laughs> that's fun. Um, but, but, you know, learning those lessons yeah. can be really painful and, and, um, and they don't have to be. But, you know, I think that um, in light of a lot of those kind of economic pressures and, and changes in the marketplace, like this is the time. I think it's a, it's a great time for this sort of conversation to be happening mm-hmm. and for people to understand, you know, the benefits of how they can uh, streamline their business, make it a little more convenient, both for them and for their customers, whether that is automation or um, more effective systems, uh, a better utilization of, of data. You know, what is going on your menu and why are you cross utilizing ingredients enough? I, I think, you know, there's so much waste and there's so much, so much. Um, there's so much wasted money of ingredients sitting on shelves and things where people, you know, maybe just don't approach things from the perspective of, of what's economically correct for their business model versus um, what they think is really cool. Um, and I think, you know, this is kind of the turning point where, uh, I see a lot of folks changing their perspective, uh, in that way. And I think that that is going to ultimately make for, um, better coffee companies, better coffee businesses. And I think at the end of the day, better coffee. I couldn't agree more. And this is where I want to say, this is a really fantastic example for all of you consultants out there who are consulting on creating menus when you don't have any experience of budgeting or supply chain or costing out products or building the back end of a business and you're just putting together a menu based on some menu items you've enjoyed in other restaurants or in other cafes and beverages that you've enjoyed in other places. You just slap that all together without any consideration of what the monthly spend or the weekly spend is going to be for the actual business and the burden it's going to place on the business. This is where I want to tell you that niching down as a consultant is way more important based on what your expertise than what you realize because the ramifications of that mean that you end up driving a business to close much quicker than it needed to because they're just running through their capital too quickly. Yeah, and, and I mean, to that point, I think, you know, I would encourage people to ask for help if you need it. Like if yes. you feel overly burdened with your yep. business, if you're not having a good time anymore, um, hire somebody that, that can help you turn things around because yep. it's very possible and, and you can invest a little bit in, uh, in you know, restructuring or reformatting what you're doing. Um, versus, you know, potentially losing your whole dream. Um, and also kind of to your last point, you know, I, I cringe a little bit when I hear people say things like, uh, well, I'm not in it for the money. Um, you should be. It's a business. It's like wh- 100%. And whatever reason you are in it for, it, it takes money. If you want to serve the highest quality coffee, you have to invest in, you know, expensive coffee. If you want to um, offer a good living for the people that you employ, you have to have the funds available to make payroll. Um, you if know, you want to survive wanna... the next two years. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
Um, you know, if, if you want to drive for greater sustainability within the industry, I mean, that comes at an incremental cost to, to other ways that you might operate. And so, you know, make new decisions based on what's financially best for your business is going to um, help you reach your goals regardless of what they are, even if your goal isn't just to, you know, take home the most profit yourself. Uh, I think a lot of people just assume uh, that when people make, you know, financial decisions for their business, that they're thinking about taking another vacation or something. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, that's just not the case for the not vast majority of business owners. I'm talking a lot at the moment in the conversations I'm having, uh, uh, mostly around the UAE, but uh, even online, about the success fallacy and the saturation in our market and, and the damage that it's doing to pretty much every business that exists. And when time after time we've had people come on this podcast that are ex extraordinarily successful. And when I ask them like, okay, so I – you know, you've said you're successful and that everything's going well, but what about profit? And they're like, well, we all know that nobody gets into coffee to make money. And that just breaks my heart a little bit more each time I hear it because these are people who are in brands that are highly respected for their success and their mindset and their vantage point is they will run successful businesses, but it doesn't come with any profit. And people, uh, a lot of people get into business because the, of the success fallacy of these big brands and they want to become these big brands, which creates more uh, saturation, which then dilutes the market share for a lot more people. So it means that more and more businesses end up running as expensive hobbies than as actual viable business models. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I think that's a great yeah. point. Okay, so our last episode of the series, folks, is going to be about consumer trends in coffee. This is something that, <laughs> that I uh, I have a love-hate relationship with trends in coffee, but I'm excited to explore it with you, Tim, because I know you have way more experience in this than I do. So join us for the last episode, folks. Peace, love, and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.